Can you trade Patrick Mahomes in a super flex league under any circumstances? All that and more in this episode of Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Kate Magic. Check her out on Twitter at Kate Magic. Kate, we are answering your dynasty questions or our listeners' dynasty questions on uh, from Twitter today. Let's start with this one. Uh, it's a, it's a really good one from at Detroit Vando. He wants to know someone offered me to trade away Patrick Mahomes in a super flex dynasty league. He offered me a late first this year, an early second, a 2024 first and a Justin Fields. Now I've always considered Patrick Mahomes untradeable. So I sent back an offer only a fool would accept. Can you break down a realistic offer, please? This is probably the toughest question we've ever gotten on this show, Marcus, because mm-hmm. I think in a super flex, it's virtually impossible, virtually impossible to trade away Patrick Mahomes. And you're going to need like a fool's ransom if you are going to do it. I mean, the, the safety that you get in a player like Patrick Mahomes, you do not find anywhere else in the quarterback position. Like, Patrick Mahomes, he's played 80 games. He's had almost 40% of those where he's finished in the top five. Mm-hmm. Almost 40% of his weeks, he has finished as a top five quarterback. That is nuts. The only other quarterback to exceed uh, 40% in that span, Josh Allen. 43% of the time, top five quarterback. Now, when you look at the floor, though, like, it's it's even better, Marcus. Yeah. Like. It, 72.5% of his games finished as a top 12 quarterback as a QB one, almost three out of every four games. He finished as a QB one. Do you know how many games he finished as a, as a QB three or worse? <laughs> Probably never. Uh, one, what? 1% of his games. Yeah. Um, like what? Like it's literally one game. Um, Ooh. and I'm going to, I, I, I can't see here which game it was. I'm I'm just looking at the percentages, but like that is how safe of an asset you are getting in Patrick Mahomes. And you see it like regardless of the weapons he's throwing to, he always finds a way to make plays. He does you can't rule him out in terms of his playmaking ability with his legs. Like there's no way to shut down Patrick Mahomes. So in order to to take that security blanket away from my team, especially in a super flex where like, you know, if you have that quarterback position secured, you're, you're kind of set, right? Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's going to, it's going to take a King's ransom. So, I mean, there's just a lot of directions that we can go. Let's first start with like (laughs) the future. is So unknown, like just look how much has changed in the last year in terms of the dynasty landscape. The one thing that we do know Patrick Mahomes is pretty good at football in that situation. No matter what receivers are there or who, or who isn't there, he's going to produce and he's on this super long contract. He's never going to get moved. 
he might not finish as a the number one fantasy quarterback every year. He's going to finish inside the top five, and there's just a lot of safety in that. But the other thing that we should mention is that you're just not seeing him moved really at all. Like the, the dynasty community has basically said he's untouchable. According to dynasty league football right now, we've only seen in super flex leagues since the start of the new year, 30 trades. So excuse me, not even that uh, since the start of the new year, 25 trades involving Patrick Mahomes. So it's not a ton. And in every one of these trades, cause you and I kind of looked at some of these pre-show, we don't love any of the offers that you got. Like, let's go through a couple just to, sh- to show you. Patrick Mahomes. Again, these are all Dynasty Superflex leagues for Jalen Hurts and the 111. Love J- getting Jalen Hurts back, but like the 111? Eh, like, what it, realistically, what are you drafting with that 111? Like, based on, on rookie ADP I mean, right you're now? Probably like Will Levis. Yeah, so like I I get it. Maybe you're getting two quarterbacks. Will Levis definitely not a sure thing, though. I've been I've been vocal about what I like about Will Levis from a super flex perspective, yeah. but like at that point, Marcus, you're probably maybe getting like Zay Flowers, Josh maybe. Downs, and probably. like so essentially Jalen Hurts plus Zay Flowers, Josh Downs. I no, yeah, no, thank you. Uh, all right, this one, Patrick Mahomes in a second round pick for Justin Fields and Jonathan Taylor. Now that one's a little bit closer for me. I think Fields is going to put up ridiculous production, but there's just not that same long-term stability. And it's Jonathan Taylor, who we're going to talk about actually in a little bit. Yeah, I, I again, for me, this comes down to, like, obviously we know the ceiling for Justin Fields is sky high. Um, and this could be a big, I think, season in terms of his dynasty value, right? Like there's still this kind of tiny buy now window for Justin Fields. If you're a believer that, that he's going to make these leaps as a passer, but if he doesn't, his, his value probably washes yep. out after this season. And I'm going to take the safety of Patrick Mahomes period. I agree. So I think one of the things that just to answer the question, by the way, If you're going to trade Mahomes, what you need to do is you need to get another top five quarterback. And to me, the only guys that I'm considering are like Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, maybe, and maybe Lamar Jackson. Those are probably the five that come to mind for me, plus something else significant. Uh, that can help my team right away, whether that is a Jonathan Taylor, right? Or whether that's, you know, one of the top two picks in this year's dynasty draft, or whether it's a top five receiver, like that's, that's kind of the starting point for me. And I'm probably asking for more. Yeah, it's definitely one of these top five quarterbacks. And for me, I even leave Justin Herbert off that. It's fine. Off yeah. that list it, that he has not had the same ceiling, I think, than, you know, of, of any of these other quarterbacks that you just mentioned, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. I will take one of those. But, yeah, I'm going to need either a a very high rookie pick in return or I'm going to need to complement that with another mm-hmm. asset that is valued much more highly than, let's say, the 111. Last thing on Patrick Mahomes before we move on. I actually have him in a league, in a super flex league, where my team is bad. It's Patrick Mahomes and a couple other little pieces, and I think I finished 
like eighth in that league. Like the team just wasn't good. So I've I've thought about potentially trading him to build up the rest of the roster. Here's a trade that was completed that I'm sure somebody else is in a similar situation. So Patrick Mahomes for Kyler Murray, Geno Smith. So you're getting two quarterbacks and Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, it's interesting. I, I think definitely situationally, um, you know, if you, if that's the one elite asset you have and you do like, there are some times where you just need to break down an elite asset just to, it's a starting point, right? It, like you can't build your dynasty out of nothing. It still hurts. It still hurts a lot, but I oh. do think like, again, a Monroe St. Brown top five wide receiver, yeah. um, yeah. Like getting these, uh, what you said, two quarterbacks in return. Yeah, Geno yeah, Smith, Smith and Kyler and, Murray. Yeah, it, like that's probably it's intriguing. I, I, I would. I don't think I would do it. Even like if I got that offered that in my league, I probably wouldn't do it unless I got some kind of pick. But just goes to show you, like it is really, really hard to trade Patrick Mahomes in your dynasty leagues right now. And we, I don't think you and I would advise it unless it is a no-brainer, I can't afford to miss out on this trade type of offer. Yeah, I, I, again, I think the way to approach it is, um, like our listener said, um, I, I countered with something only a fool would accept. Yeah. Um, like, do it, and maybe there's going to be a fool that will accept, but yes, uh, I'm... I'm definitely not uh, like you're going to have to pry him from my cool dead fingers. Yes. All right. Let's, uh, let's answer a question about Jonathan Taylor and how much we can trust him going forward. Next. This episode is brought to you by built bar. Are you looking for a delicious snack, but don't want all the sugar and the calories. Then you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever. It's built bar. You gotta try this. If you're like me trying to be a little bit healthier as we get into summer, but you don't want to compromise on taste. Well, we have just a thing for you. It's Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so good that you're not even going to know that they're actually good for you. Uh, what makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real dark chocolate. And they come in so many unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. Not sure how Built does it because they taste just like a candy bar, but only 130 calories. Only four grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even have to wait to get a box. We've been telling you for years to go to built.com and place your orders over there, which you could still do, by the way, if you want to load up on one certain flavor. Uh, but now you can head to your local Walmart or your local Sam's Club to pick up some built bars. That's right. Go to your nearest Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, pick up a four bar box of the cookies and cream, the double chocolate, or the coconut puff. Or if you happen to live near a Sam's Club, run in, grab a 13-bar box with some of the hit flavors, including brownie batter puff and churro puff, and you can thank us later. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Every day, us. Next week, we're going to be back continuing our division preview, talking about some more buy, sells, and hold uh, from another division. I believe we're going to stick with the NFC and go with the NFC North, but uh, make sure you guys are tuning in for that on Monday. Okay, let's get to another question. This one from Yuma Cactus. He wants to know, will Jonathan Taylor be elite again? And do you can you trust him going into the season? I I don't have any any resounding concerns whatsoever about John or about Jonathan Taylor. I just for me, 
2023 or 2022 was the the season of poor health and i'm one of these people that like i understand it was a it was a rough season but i'm not willing to predict a player to suffer an injury like it Mm -hmm. just you cannot you cannot predict even the the most quote-unquote injury prone of players which jonathan taylor is not um like he has all of the elite traits to be a running back last year he was injured and that's I don't have a ton of analysis for that. Like it it just felt like everything went wrong. The offensive line was horrendous early in the season. Matt Ryan was so clearly washed and he couldn't move. And this offense just looked really slow. And I think with Shane Steichen and we'll see if it's Anthony Richardson starting, but there's just going to feel like there's a little bit of a, a buzz and a juice to this offense that they didn't have last year. And even if Jonathan Taylor isn't what we, he was in 2021, I just think some of this new energy in the offense is going to make it more productive from a fantasy standpoint. And I don't, I don't think that like Jonathan Taylor lacks the the same amount of juice, right? Like he has all the same traits that made him elite previously. But again, Marcus, you mentioned like it, it wasn't just the injuries last year for Jonathan Taylor. Like this was a bad situation for a running back to be in period. Um, between like the, the addition that Anthony Richardson is going to provide this offense in terms of that, that ability to make these defenses wonder which of these players is going to be running the ball. Is it going to be Anthony Richardson? Is it going to be John, Jonathan Taylor? Like, that quarter of a second is enough to change the entire dynamic of this Mm -hmm. offense. Like Mm -hmm. that quarter of a second affords you yards that affords you space. Like I can't understate enough what, if it it is Anthony Richardson and I'm projecting, it will be um, what that will do for Jonathan Taylor as a runner in terms of, of, how things are going to open up for him with that in the offense. I, elite traits, elite running back, bad, bad 2022. But I, here's the reason I'm optimistic. Well, for a couple of things, he's just so much cheaper now than he was at this time last year. Like we are getting back to the, his price tag when he was like a rookie and was playing behind some pretty bad running backs. Like he's being drafted in just regular Regular neat leagues, not super flex leagues, like eighth overall in dynasty startups. It's like, yes, give it to me because he, at any single week, he can be the highest scoring player in, in all of fantasy. He's the situation's fantastic. The Colts are going to pay him. They're, they have almost no cho- choice but to pay him. And we've seen how dynamic he is when he's healthy. The offensive line looks a heck of a lot better on paper. They should be a lot faster on offense. I just think everything is trending in the right direction for Jonathan Taylor. And it's not like he's old. He's only 24. We still have he's multiple 24. years. Yes. That is what's crazy. We um, have multiple years of his prime still left. Absolutely. And Marcus, like you bring up the ADP. Um, this is the lowest his ADP has been in the last two years. Like, yes, I, I do think that, like, yes, I get, um, you know, he's, he's, he, you know, he had, he had a rough season. I don't, there's, there's just not a lot of analysis that I can provide. Jonathan Taylor's just, he's, he's good at the game, right? He is one of the best running backs in the NFL. And 
we've already seen it translate to fantasy points. I think, you know, even on top of, like I, I mentioned that sort of split second that Anthony yep. Richardson is going to afford this offense. Like, I also think they're going to have a lot more scoring opportunities and yep. all of that is excellent for a, a running back in fantasy football. Uh, let's just run through a couple trades for Jonathan Taylor, because I do think he is exceptionally cheap right now. Um, Jonathan Taylor for Traylon Burks, the 106 and the 113 in a 14 team league. Yeah, I'd give that up in a heartbeat. Heartbeat. Um, Jonathan Taylor, pick 104 and pick 304 for 101. So basically, this is Bijan Robinson for Jonathan Taylor and pick 104. 104. And a super flex or a. a uh, no, this is the one quarterback league. Ooh. So b- ba- basically, again, Bijan for Jonathan Taylor in 104. I. I love Bijan, but give me Jonathan Taylor in the 104 because I could still potentially get some pretty good players there at 104. It, that one's closer for me, but it just, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's probably some of the best value you're going to get for Jonathan Taylor, um, especially depending on what you're going to be able to get with that that 104. A couple more. Again, this is, hey, I happen to know who this person is that uh, acquired Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor for <laughs> Travis Etienne. And two second round picks. I'll take Jonathan Taylor there all day. Mm-hmm. I I agree with you. Uh, one more. Jonathan Taylor for Saquon Barkley and a first round pick. I'll take Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Jonathan Taylor for one hundred and four in the Superflex League. Jonathan Taylor. Go out and get Jonathan Taylor. He's cheap right now, and it would not be a surprise. We get three weeks into the season. Everybody remembers. Oh yeah. Jonathan Taylor, pretty good at football. Go out and trade for him. Uh, okay. We've got one more question left about a, uh, you know, some receivers that we think are going to make the leap this year. Let's get to that next. All right, Kate, our final question here, this one from Chad, he wants to know which wide receiver has the best chance to be a top three dynasty wide receiver at this time in 2024. So just to, to, to mention the ranks right now, Justin Jefferson, one, Jamar Chase, two, AJ Brown, three. I'm going to mention CD Lamb at four because it's not, we can't pick him. But if there's going to be a receiver to kind of crack that top four at this time next year, who do you have? I don't, I don't know if this is like a hot take or if it's not hot enough. I'm going to roll with Drake London, who that was my name. Was it really? Yep. Okay. See, guys, we don't talk about this before the yep. show because we, we like to, to be surprised now I, I looking at Drake London he was my wide receiver one in last year's class just like coming out as a prospect there are just not a lot of guys that you see play with his size six four, 219 pounds and like just to be clear he looks like a a big dude yeah he's he plays huge. like a big dude yeah. but at the same time he moves and plays like a smaller dude. Like, I don't know how those things coexist, but they coexist in Drake London. He is capable at the catch point uh, coming out uh, in 2022, ranked six and missed tackles forced. And like, I I think he has the opportunity here, especially if uh, you know, we're going to, I think just improve this overall offense, get, you know, continue to feed into that run. I think that helps balance things out as uh, you know Desmond Ritter looks to 
make the next step. And I, I just, I love Drake London. I love his physical, physical tool set. And like the biggest knock on him. Yeah. He's not like a speedster, but he's so physically dominant that he yep. doesn't need to be. I agree. And if you look at like the efficiency stuff now last year, despite some pretty bad quarterback play, Kate average 7.4 yards per target on 117 targets. I could see a situation this year where he's just at, you know, 160 targets and averaging 7.7 yards per target. And all of a sudden that's 1200 yards. And with his size of the red zone, maybe you get nine touchdowns. And if he's 1200 yards and nine touchdowns at age 21, he's going to be a top three dynasty asset. Like he just is. So I, 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 he's so good. He, he is. I'm ranking Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, Olave, excuse me, higher than Drake London. But if you're asking me for the ceiling, I think Drake London has just because of the size that you mentioned. And outside of Kyle Pitts, there's really nobody else in this passing attack that's going to scare anybody. So he just might get absolutely peppered with targets. Yeah, I, I just think the the physical tool set, the, uh, you know, like definitely I think if you're looking at Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and comparing them to Drake London, I think they get the edge just because of the quarterback that they're playing with. I think that probably gives them a little bit of a safer floor, but like, I don't think you can get much worse than what Drake London put up or yeah. put up with in terms of uh passing offense last year and still posted 866 receiving yards, four touchdowns ranked 12th among wide receivers in PFF receiving grade. Um, just, I think really outplayed, what doesn't look to be like a super overwhelming stat sheet in his rookie season. Yeah. It, just one more thing on Drake London before we move on. I, the, I I know the sample size is small and Kyle Pitts wasn't on the field because he was dealing with an injury, but in the games that Desmond Ritter started, he averaged almost 86 receiving yards per game. You translate that to a 17 game season, 1400 yards. Uh, now he didn't score a touchdown, which that it's going to change. Right. But I just think there's a chance that he's, you know, 79 yards a game, a half a touchdown. And if he puts up those kind of numbers at, again at age 21, that's why we're going to be ranking him so highly. He's going to be a top three, a top four dynasty receiver. I'm, I'm, I'm buying. I'm in. Period. Yes. There you go. Uh, all right. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen of the day. As always, you can listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. We are free and available every single day. Uh, check out our show on YouTube. You can go follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Majuk. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. Again, every day we'll be back on Monday to talk about another NFL division as we get you ready for the 2023 season. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you guys next time.